0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Saturday, December 3rd, which means today's episode is a quick one. It is a core four for tomorrow's week 13 NFL main slate in DFS. Before we get started, please follow me on Twitter, at mfiddle14, especially if you are an NBA fan. I've started to really up my NBA handicapping and betting on games. I've been tweeting out a lot of picks. We've been doing really well recently. I've had an influx of new followers. You always get that during a hot streak. We've been on a hot streak kind of all year. So follow me on Twitter, especially if you're an NBA fan. Uh, Otherwise, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. And I would absolutely love some written reviews. So please get in there. Write the review. Mike is absolutely crushing it. Mike is winning me money. I am now a millionaire because of Mr. Fitz. All right. Oh, also one more announcement. No live show tomorrow. JP is out of town. I was going to take the uh, hosting reigns, but I don't have another guest to join me. I don't get all the questions for season-long fantasy like he does. All of my DFS content is already given to you guys. So if you have any other questions or you're normally a viewer on that show, you want to hit me with any questions on Twitter about, you know, sit starts, feel free. I will answer them. I will check my Twitter around noon when I normally go live tomorrow, but I will not be going live on YouTube. Let's move on. Let's discuss who we are starting this week. And, of course, it starts with the quarterback position. On Wednesday's episode, I told you I was between spending up for knickknack, paddywhack, give me Patrick Mahomes, and spending budget and going with a guy like Trevor Lawrence. I ended up going with Lawrence. Surprisingly, yes, because I'm normally always a spend up quarterback guy. But I think this is a really good spot for Trevor Lawrence, given his price tag. And that allows for other pivots that I also really like. So I'm not going to be playing Patrick Mahomes. I do think Patrick Mahomes is an amazing quarterback play. I do think he is perhaps the second best play on the slate. He is given out by about half the optimizer lineups that I check. And Lawrence is the other guy. So I'm inevitably going to go with Lawrence because I like the ability to get a guy like Austin Eckler in my lineup, who we'll talk about in a few minutes. But I will just say that Trevor Lawrence, 5,900, playing on the road in Detroit, which is a key component. That game is in a dome in Detroit where they've had an average point scored of over 60 points per game in those games in Detroit this season. Detroit's offense hums at home, and their defense sucks everywhere. So Jacksonville, generally a team that kind of struggles on the road, but the situation for them this week in a dome against a team that is uh, Swiss cheese and has some serious holes on defense. I like Trevor Lawrence. I will be playing into that for sure. I will also be playing into it at the running back position with Travis Etienne. Now, we know Etienne, it says he's good to go. Let's make sure he is healthy. If he is suddenly a scratch, obviously going to hasty is a perfect situation, and then that gets you the ability to spend up elsewhere. But love ETN tomorrow. Again, this game has such a high total at 51.5. It is the second highest total on the board, only behind the Chiefs-Bengals uh, game. I don't think Mixon is worth spending up for because he's coming off an injury where he's missed games. Uh, ETN got banged up, hasn't missed time. I mean, he missed the second half last week, but he says he's good to go. Again, we know he can catch balls out of the backfield. We know he can make explosive plays, cost $6,400, uh, given out also by quite a few of the optimizer lineups. Two out of the five I check, say ETN's a good play this week. I will be playing Etn at one of my running back positions. The other running back, like I mentioned before, is Austin Eckler. Now, the Chargers rely on this short checkdown game so much that I think playing Eckler and hint, hint a double mint. I'm also playing another high PPR guy on the Chargers. We'll get hit to him in a second. Um, they, they the Chargers just running not that much but it just seems like this short checkdown game has supplanted the run. So I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow's a 10 catch performance by Eckler. This game against the Raiders is a th- is a spot to for sure target. I love guys like Mac Collins, Foster Moreau, Devontae Adams as pivots, a guy like Josh Palmer, uh DeAndre Carter, Gerald Everett, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. Like, all of these guys are actually good plays in a GPP tournament. Since I am building out a cash game lineup, I really like the spend-up ability on a guy like Austin Eckler. Um, Also given out by quite a few of the optimizer lineups. So, that is going to be my play. So far, my core includes Trevor Lawrence. Austin Eckler and Travis Etienne. I said on the Wednesday episode I was going to make sure I gave you guys both of my running backs this week because I was pretty confused on where to go and where to spend. Spending in two of the three highest projected games and getting running backs who catch the ball seems like a wise decision in a DraftKings cash contest. These guys should be high floor players with also high ceiling potentials. The other names that we are seeing consistently in the optimizers for running backs are a whole lot of Josh Jacobs. Like so much Josh Jacobs, it's incredible. I think it's every single lineup. Four to five of the optimizer lineups that I check have Josh Jacobs. And four to five of them also have Damian Pierce. I don't know why I don't love the Damian Pierce play this week. His... um, Percent usage numbers of the backfield touches in Houston has been going down recently. I think last week was the lowest it's been since week one. I think he only got 58% of the touches for Houston Texans running backs. This is the Texans Super Bowl going up against Deshaun Watson, having him be returned home kind of like the sworn enemy of the franchise now. Not only... Did he get in trouble in Houston? But he also, like, bailed on the team and said he forced a trade and sat out a season because he didn't want to play for them. So, the Texans are going to get up for this game. I just don't know that Damian Pierce is going to be such high usage that everyone else projects. Or, like, we could also expect a good game from a guy like Burkhead or whoever else is there with him. Um, there is another Texan that I am playing into because Brandon Cooks is out. That my I'll make my last... Um, core four member Nico Collins. Uh 4200, he is a big body, a big target, a go up and get it receiver, a big play receiver. He's been getting a large target share the last few weeks. Now with Cooks out again and we and the uh Texans going against the Cleveland Browns, knowing that they're going to have to throw the ball a bit, I think Collins is a sure fire eight targets and definitely some high value targets. Like he's going to get some lob throws. He's going to get some deep shots. He's probably going to get a red zone target or two. Like you want to have Nico Collins because he can absolutely pop off this week from 4,200. I do think the Texans are going to show up this game. I don't have any bets on it because as I explained Wednesday from the betting splits, betting on Watson and the Browns is the right side. It's not like I'm, Anti, I am anti-Watson, but I'm not anti-betting on the Browns. I'm loyal to my bankroll, first and foremost. So if it's the right bet, I'll make it. I just don't know if it's the right bet. The betting splits show the Browns to be the right side to be on. I just say, like I've said a few times this year, this is this team's Super Bowl. So right now, the Texans are playing in their Super Bowl. If the Texans team wins this game, shows up big, and, and, and beats Watson in his return to Houston, like... The whole team is going to be ecstatic, and they will ride that into the offseason a little bit with momentum. That will make up for how miserable the Texans season has been thus far. We we didn't expect the Texans to be good, but we also expected them to be not the worst team in the NFL, and they are. They're the worst team in the NFL this year. We expected them to climb up to be the fifth worst, the sixth worst, to start showing a little upward momentum, and they've actually dipped back down. So if you're a Texans fan, I'm sorry I'm going in right now on you. I was actually born in Houston. Uh, so I am you know, a supporter of all Houston teams, but it's just a really tough situation for this team these this 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 team is is down bad down and out whatever you know adjective you want to use. Um, tough situation, but I can play Nico Collins. I'm not going to be playing Damien Pierce. So you have my core four, Trevor Trevor Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, not Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes would be the other play, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, and Nico Collins. Now, let me review a few other guys consistently played in optimizers. A lot of Devontae Adams, which actually surprises me from an optimizer perspective because he's a spend up, but that game should be a shootout and he is just an absolute guy, so yeah, not don't have a problem with it. I have Devontae in my season-long lineup, so I'd love to see it. Amon Ross St. Brown's in a lot of lineups. Garrett Wilson's in a lot of lineups. Pratt Fryermuth is in four to five optimizer lineups as the tight end. He actually is not the tight end that I chose this week, but he's definitely out there. Um We're seeing some Chris Moores, the other Texans receiver. We're seeing – did I mention Garrett Wilson? Um Harrison Bryant, the fill in for Injoku is in quite a few lineups. And then for defenses, I'm seeing Seahawks, Packers, uh Rams and Steelers. Surprising to have four defenses given out in the op- normally the optimizers are like locked in on one or two defenses. Apparently this week there's a few good options. If you're playing Trevor Lawrence, the ones with Trevor Lawrence have the Seahawks paired with them. I personally don't have the Seahawks, but I'm playing Lawrence. Um but the optimizer lineups, because they're spending down on Lawrence, can spend up on Seahawks. Whereas the ones that have Mahomes have the Steelers um, or the Rams because they're much cheaper. So that concludes today's episode. Actually, that doesn't conclude today's episode. I'm bugging. I'm bugging. Let's quickly review the week 13 lines that I'm on. Uh, Titans plus six and a half. Dolphins plus four. Commanders minus 1.5. Saints plus six. Jets plus three. Jets plus three. Pats, Bills, under 45. That cashed. Ravens, Broncos, under 39. Lions, Jaguars, over 51 and a half. I'm on the over in that game, which is why I'm targeting it for DFS. Dolphins, Niners, under 47. Now, this Dolphins, 49ers game is a game everyone's talking about with a lot of explosive weapons, and you've seen none of them in my lineup. You, You hear me talk about familiarity leads to less scoring. Well, nobody knows these two people better than the coaches themselves like McDaniels and Shanahan going against each other are like freaking best friends who have worked together for 15 years so that's familiarity at its finest Um, Colts Cowboys I'm also on the under 43 and a half so those are the bets that I have going the Pats bills under already cash that had the familiarity aspect of, of divisional games so love to see it all those are the bets that I'm giving out let me quickly look at the lines Jets plus three is a bet that I'm currently on and is still there. I kind of like the Steelers minus one. I might jump in on that. I think the Steelers are a team to back moving forward. I think the Falcons are a team to fade. Uh, Them being a road favorite for the Steelers with this team's tough situation Uh, But minus one at a minus 105 VIG, not a bad line. The Jacksonville Jaguars-Detroit Lions game, that's been bouncing around everywhere. It's back to the Lions being the favorite. It was the Jaguars being the favorite. That's a great uh, example why the line chop. You might see it complete opposite odds at a different book where it's Jaguars minus one, Lions plus one. That game's been bouncing around all over the place. Um, Titans are down to a 4.5 spread. I think the Titans plus 180 on the money line is interesting. Uh, it's lost a little bit of value now since the game used to be at six and a half and it was like a plus 220, but I still think that there's a decent chance that the Titans actually pull out a win. They're so well coached and going against teams that only have one loss after week 13 is a betting trend. Uh, Warren Sharp, professional gambler pointed that out this week on a podcast that he talks about that you want to bet into and against teams with one loss, which is the Eagles this season, after week 13 and moving forward. They become such a public team that the public thinks they're going to win and cover every week that they actually offer a lot of value against the spread. So I'm already on Titans plus six and a half. Titans plus four and a half still probably has some value. Titans plus 180 still probably has some value. Uh, Texans plus seven and a half. It's inter- It just remains interesting to me. Cleveland Browns are clearly getting the money. This was at minus seven before it's moved to seven and a half, which shows the sharp action. The right side is the Browns. I just think we're playing in Houston against a team that is absolutely desperate to win, like balls to the wall. And the only person on the Browns that's absolutely desperate to win is, is Watson and maybe Stefanski. But the rest of this team is probably done this season already, and they probably know it. They'd essentially have to win out from here on. It would be really, and they have a a medium difficulty schedule. I just don't think the Browns are actually in the playoff hunt. Um, Texans are clearly out of the playoff hunt, but if they're going to go all out for one more game, it's this game. Commanders, Giants, back to Commanders minus 1.5. So I'm on the Commanders minus 1.5. I would recommend getting in on that with me. Commanders, elite run defense against Giants, whose main form of offense is, you know, Saquon and then trying to hit a big play. Uh, it went to 2.5 and now it's back to 1.5. So we've seen some resistance in the market on coming back in on the Giants. I still like the Commanders. I think the matchup shows that it's Commanders. And I lean over in the total. Over 40 and a half is interesting to me. I might add that to my ticket. Over 40 and a half for Commanders Giants. Uh actually, my family will be there for it's my stepmom's 60th birthday. And so my stepmom, my dad, my stepsisters, my brother, and my brother's. Uh, recently new fiancé, shout out, are all going to the game. I am now on a San Diego kid and on the West Coast. Not a kid, uh, 30 years old, but San Diego guy on the West Coast now. So I will not be in attendance, and I'm actually rooting for the commander. So sorry, guys. Loyal to my bankroll over everything, including my family having fun on their birthday party. So let's move on. Packers, Bears. Packers minus 4.5 because Rodgers is playing. Dolphins are back to a plus 4.5. That's because the injuries to the offensive tackles. I like that. I would jump in on the Dolphins plus 4.5. And that's all I'm seeing as massive changes. I still think there's some value on the Bengals plus 2.5 as well. I think the Bengals are going to win. I think the money line plus 112 does not hold enough value. I kind of like the under at 52.5. I would love the under at 53. But uh Bengals plus 2.5, also interesting to me. All right. That wraps it up. Those are my late thoughts based on looking at the late money trends. Those are my core four. Those are the optimizer plays. Good luck to all of you. I will not be live with JP tomorrow. He is out of town. And so we are left with no host for the Sunday show. All right. As always, peace out.